Everyone sees the mistakes that you've made. You're not good enough. You never will be. Whenever you mess up, you have to make up for it. What if all of these things are actually lies? Mm. Today, we are going to talk about how your perfectionism is lying to you. You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Connecting you to living truth. If you'd like to support our podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or join our inner circle through Patreon.com. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends and family can know what you're listening to. Hey, we're your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And we're going to talk about some things today regarding uh, perfectionism. But before we do, inner circle, what's up, y'all? How y'all doing? So good to hear from you. Glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, If you don't know what the Inner Circle is and you want to know, go to www.patreon.com slash Nick Smith Podcast and you will figure that out Mm because there's all sorts of information. So go there. Awesome. Check it out. So um, you also want to check out our latest video. It's a shorter video. It's a review. It's awesome. We did a good job. I'm not trying to like hype us up, but it was our first one and we just... We feel really good about it. Yes. So he wants you to feel good about it. So go watch it. It's so really cool. Um, so let's get into this because. Whoo. So when, uh, when Kylie Joe first came to me with this topic of perfectionism, I was like, I don't need to know about that. I'm perfect. Why do I need to know about perfectionism? Cause I got that mastered. Um, but <laughs> no, I was curious. I was like, okay, let's, how do we tackle this? And the thought that, it, that came to mind first was um, perfectionism doesn't always manifest in the way that I like to think it does. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of a perfectionist, just off the top of my head, I think of someone who, um, you know, the straight A student, uh, meticulous room, almost OCD with the way things are cleaned and organized and, and everything in its place, everything has to be placed correctly and um, is kind of tightly wound under a lot of stress all the time. Like that's what comes to mind when I think of perfectionism. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't have to be the way perfectionism can manifest in your life. And I don't mean to use manifest in some sort of like new agey thing. I mean, manifest as in appear and, mm-hmm. and make itself known. Mm-hmm. Um, so just looking at perfectionism in general, what are some of the ways that you've seen it manifest? I think, I mean, what you described is pretty <clears throat> like, I think that's the, the things I think of as well, which is why for a long time I was like, I'm not a perfectionist. <laughs> I don't have any of those issues. Like I don't do, yeah. I don't deal with those things. Um, but I think it also, like it's more than just trying hard. Mm-hmm. Like some people think, oh, well, if you're a perfectionist, that means you always are trying really hard um, to be perfect, to do things perfectly. Um, but I think that for me personally, perfectionism has manifest in sometimes it's this like paralysis that mm. happens because um, you have, I mean, for, for me, I don't want to say you, like I'm projecting onto you personally, <laughs> but a person can feel like, um, well, I'm, if I try and I fail, then I'm going to be exposed. Um, it's that imposter syndrome, which we've talked about before. Yeah. Um, and so I like, I want to do really well with this, but I'm afraid that when I fail, it's going to be even worse. And we build it up as this terrible catastrophe if, if people know that we, that we are imperfect. Mm-hmm. And I think um, a lot of times it's like, it's also performance-based. Okay. So like... Um, these systems of merit and being good, being a good kid or being a good person, um, really mess us up in a lot of ways. Like if we rely too heavily on merit-based systems, then we, um, we lose things of value. Like 
we might lose a reward or we might lose a relationship. We might lose affection or attention mm-hmm. or we might lose recreation. You know, you're, you're in timeout now because you are a bad, bad little girl. Um, and so that actually creates this, per, this like per, 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 paralysis. paralysis. Can't even, I, my lips paralysis. were paralyzed. I can't even say it. <laughs> um, because when it's performance based and we fail, our performance doesn't measure up. Yeah. And we lose something. And so then it's like, well, I'm not even going to do anything because I feel like I'm going to fail or even not knowing what is expected. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I think I've seen in young people is that, well, if they don't know the expectations, they're less likely to try things that they might fail at because they don't know, um, oh, well, I'm expected to only get so much out of this or I'm mm-hmm. only expected to do this for so long. And so instead of having those expectations clearly outlined, mm-hmm. a lot of times we set people up for failure because we just say, Oh, well just try. You can do anything you set your mind to. Yeah. Uh, but what, but what, but, uh, what can you give me some parameters? To? Like, yeah. can you help me? And I think for me personally, that that's been an area where I've struggled is like making decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I make a decision when I'm afraid that the decision I make may make me a failure? Well, uh, you hit on two things that I think are really important to know about perfection in general. One is um, humans are motivated um, more by loss. Like we feel the pain of loss mm. more than we feel the glory of gain, which is why when you're looking um, in your comments, you always notice the negative ones because those elicit more pain than all the people that are complimenting you or on your team or wishing you mm-hmm. happy birthday. It's the two that didn't show up, the two that, mm-hmm. you know, the one time mom didn't make your game. Like those things yep. where we feel loss. Um, resonate harder with us. Um, and so I think that's important when dealing with perfectionism because if if you're only thinking perfectionists want perfection to attain something, mm. then, then you're missing out that actually it's I need to maintain some sort of standard so that I don't experience loss. Mm-hmm. It might be to avoid. Yeah. Or, yeah. And uh-huh. it's a protection thing. And then the other thing that you said that I thought was, I didn't even think about until you just said it was, um, when you don't have parameters given to you, when you haven't been um, adopted into any sort of system that you've accepted as good, and so you're, you're looking at standards as, hey, this is a, a good standard to meet, then you're forced to make up your own parameters. And so you may not be a perfectionist in the standard of you always do your homework or you're always, your house is always clean, your kids are always dressed nice and well, but whatever standard you set, mm-hmm. you try to maintain that perfectionism in that standard. Mm-hmm of whatever that is. And so I, I don't know. I never thought about that before. Yeah. It's really and it can be so um, detrimental because other people don't see it. They don't see yeah. the standard you have. They don't, and they may not even understand it. They may not, they may think it's completely irrational for you to have that standard for yourself, but the perfectionism mm-hmm. drives you to almost obsessively pursue that. And I think, and we'll talk more about what that um, really looks like. Um, but um, let's talk about the different ways, more ways that perfectionism manifests the different things. I guess you might call it like the symptoms of perfectionism. Maybe you're like, I don't know if I'm a perfectionist. Like I don't have these issues. I'm not really struggling, but maybe you do some of these things. Yeah. So, um, for me, part of the thing that, that pops up, pops up, not pops off. Not like things are like popping what? off. What perfectionism you be popping off uh, in this house. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it's the idea of like procrastination. Mm. Um, I used to tell myself I work, I work well under pressure, um, which isn't. <laughs> That's like the all, perfectionist's mantra. Right. I work very well under pressure. That's why I push things off to the very end. Procrastination perfectionist. I'm, <laughs> I was perfect at procrastination. Um, but it was one of those things of like, you know what? I'm going to set my standard of getting it done. 
and I'm going to get it done when I want to get it done. And mm. I would push things to that point. Um, but then I would super stress out because I'd still want it to be good. Whatever yeah. it was, whatever yeah. the thing is, I would want to meet some sort of standard. Um, I've also seen like, and, and this is kind of runs throughout the theme of perfectionism. Uh, even looking at standards being set most of the time, perfectionism is basing your merit on someone else's reaction. Yep. And so if you're impressing someone, if you're, um, if people are complimenting you, then you've hit that internal goal of like, yeah, they think I'm perfect. Mm. Um, I don't think anyone ever says that. I think people that are perfectionists know they're not perfect, which is why you continue to put up the facade. Yeah. Of like, I'm really good at this thing because mm-hmm. inside you're like, I'm really not good at this and I don't want anyone to know this. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I've seen people put that facade up with um, charm, charisma, mm-hmm. uh, talk loud and fast. If you talk <laughs> yep. loud and fast, people yep. don't ask you any questions, um, yes. but it's because you don't want to, you don't want people to see the flaws. And so you're trying to put up this front of perfection of being good at whatever it is you're doing. Um, mm. I don't know what else, what else have you, it's al- I mean, and going off that it's almost a sleight of hand because it's like on one hand you may be completely unorganized, you've procrastinated and it's <laughs> terrible. Like the work ethic that you have may be really, really poor, but if you can dazzle, razzle, dazzle them Give them a with razzle, like the dazzle. finished product, mm-hmm. it is that sleight of hand of yeah. like, it's like, uh, yeah, don't, don't look at, don't look at the man behind the curtain, yeah. but look over here. Like, isn't this great? Didn't I make a great presentation? And, um, and I think I think that's that's one of the areas that it's like, man, you can't really fault people for being really good at at being charismatic. Mm-hmm. That is a trait that we value, especially as a, a society that hyper values extrovert mm-hmm. people. Um, but I think extrovert that, people extra. <laughs> I can say words good. Um, but also it's it's one thing like if people are are impressed and wowed by your finished product, mm-hmm. they're less likely to be critical of your flaws or even mm-hmm. bring them up because it's like, oh, man. Especially if, if maybe you might have one critic mm-hmm. who's like, I see through, I see right through it. You just be pushing it. Like you just all under pressure and you can't get this right. But if you have a room full of people who are all razzle dazzled, mm-hmm. that one critic is less likely to speak up because everybody else is like, oh, wow, did you see that? That is so great. And the other person's like, yeah, but they waited three weeks to do it. They did it all in one night. Like this isn't impressive. Anybody could do that. But everybody else kind of has that, that peer pressure. Mm-hmm. And so you're relying on so many different things to keep up this image. Yeah. And I think it also manifests in trying to make up for your mistakes, which is one thing a for lot. me personally a lot of that ways, I have yeah. struggled with continually. And I didn't even realize the extent to which it was affecting my life mm-hmm. because in school, you know, if I did something wrong, I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to fix it. Like if I did badly on a test, I'd be like, can I have extra credit? Can I do something else? I should study harder next time. I would like literally it'd be a test over like geometry that I would do badly in. Mm-hmm. But then any test I had in like English class, because I messed up in geometry, I would need to study harder in English because I really didn't want to mess up in that class. So it was like, mm. it wasn't even, it's the subject that was the issue. I was having trouble like with the concepts and the subject, not with my studying habit. Like my yeah. studying habit was pretty good, but it was like, I was punishing myself almost. Yeah. And I still do that. I just told Nick this week, I was like, man, I got behind on my Lent reading plan. Like I, for real, like I got like five days behind. Yeah. No joke. I, I was just like, oh my gosh, I really wanted to read this reading plan. My husband bought me this book. I've never been able to get through all 40 days. So it's real talk. And I was like, I'm going to do it this time. And I failed. So why, why was I sitting there one day punishing myself for not reading five days in a row by going back and trying to read all five days in one sitting? Yeah. Because I had to make up for the fact that I didn't read it. And I don't remember anything that I read from those five days. I don't remember any of it. I read all these, it was five Psalms. 
it was some like really good. I'm sure there was some great stuff in it. Um, but I was punishing myself because yeah. I had to make up, even though there's no one grading me on it. Mm-hmm. I set the standard for myself. That standard, mm-hmm. I put that bar way too high. And so now I'm like, oh, now I got to make up for it so that I can make sure <laughs> that I do it perfectly when really even that is imperfect. When I think it, it goes back to not just setting a standard and living, because we should all set standards. Like we should all live by standards, right? You don't just <laughs> throw standards out the window. But what happens when you're, when you're battling this issue is you have no grace for yourself because it, you're, it's all coming down to you and your ability to atone for your own sins and your ability to atone for your own mistakes and your ability to fix things and to go back by your own strength, by your own power to f- satisfy your own wrath. Like you are, you're, you're punishing yourself in order to satisfy yourself from punishing yourself, from punishing yourself further or from mm-hmm. being viewed as someone who can't, um, who isn't the person that they, they say they are. Mm-hmm. And so it's this, yeah. this weird cycle yeah. of justification of self atonement mm-hmm. of, Shame. Um, yeah. You, you shouldn't have made that mistake. You, I can't believe. And I think even in the language we use, we don't realize it. Um, that, that like regret theology. Oh, I should never have done that. I should never have trusted. I should never have. I, you know, I should know better. Shooting all over yourself. Shooting all over yourself. And even like with, um, one thing I've caught myself saying or thinking at times is like, how many times are you going to make them this mistake? Yeah. And I've said it to myself, like, how, how sick of this situation are you going to have to get before you make a change? And in some regards, it's important to notice when we fail at the same thing multiple times. It's in mm-hmm. some regards, it's, it's necessary. It is. Especially with, like, accountability and you're trying to overcome something like addiction or um, some Terrible other. habits. T- yeah, like, yeah. that's important. But the language we use to communicate how we feel about that mistake does, in like, it it goes inside. It goes deeper than just what we hear in our ears. It starts to affect our mental process. And so where you think like, Oh, I I should know better. Well, then that starts to become like, I should never make mistakes. Mm. You start to live out this idea of like, I should know better is not just a mental thing. It becomes like when you make a mistake, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. To yourself. You you should never have done that. I cannot understand you yeah no i think that's that's very important um because it it shifts the identity piece Mm -hmm. right it shifts who you are based on what you do and that we've talked about before can disconnecting your who from your do get your get your who out you do do. um but who you are is not what you do like and so when you have bought into perfectionism you start to identify yourself by your actions Mm -hmm. and yes it is true that you know a tree by its fruit right but that doesn't mean uh, once you become a, a saint, once you're you're saved by grace, like that doesn't mean that you now identify as your sin, mm. but you identify as someone who is growing by the areas where fruit is manifesting. And yeah. so um, separating that, that who from the do, separating that identity piece from the action is necessary. And I think, so like for me, I, I don't, I don't deal with that. Um, I don't deal with that. Type <laughs> I don't of- have that issue. No, it's not, it's not my thing. Uh, if anything, I have too much grace for myself sometimes. <laughs> I, I do. I'm like, yeah, I'll be all right. It balances out though, because it, the grace, the overabundance of grace you have for yourself, hey, you just like, send I extend it on this that. Way. I extend it to those around me. Um, but I, I don't deal with that. What I do deal with in perfectionism is, um, it's a lazy perfectionist because mm. I have so much grace for myself. I don't want to try hard. And so, <laughs> I mean, too real. Was that too real? <laughs> it was pretty Do real. I don't need to tell it. Should I keep that to myself? <laughs> no. um, I don't, there are some things I'm just like, I don't, 
and I don't want to try. Um, mm-hmm. And if things don't come easily to me, I, I won't always pursue them. And so there are things that like, I just won't try. I won't do unless I know for a fact that I'm going to be good at it. Mm. Um, and that's because the, the challenge that I'm accepting isn't really a challenge for me. It's more of an opportunity for me to bolster my self image through other people seeing that I'm good at something. Mm. And so it's no longer a challenge about pushing myself or extending my, my um, abilities or growing. Uh, I forget all that nonsense. I don't need that. I don't need, I don't need to <laughs> Who grow. Needs that? Who needs growth? Growth hurts. I don't want that. Um, and so in, in the same way that someone who stresses out over being viewed as perfect, um, I don't have that stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have stress about being viewed in a good light at the things that I'm wanting to try at. Mm, and okay. so it's, it's situational perfectionism. I got you. And so like that, I mean, Hey, you're a social perfectionist. <laughs> um, people are um, like, I'm a social smoker. They only, social smoke, right, only. They only do it around other people. Right. Perfectionism. Not, not with smoking and drinking. <laughs> but with, but it's not with other people. It's like, I only do it at things that I care about. Ah, um, okay. And so I, I guess going back, like, perfectionism is connected to what you care about. And so yeah. if you care that much about how other people see you in every area of your life, mm-hmm. then you're going to try to make that all polished. Whereas for me, it's just in the one area, but in that area though, um, if I fail at all, I'm overly critical of myself. Mm. Y'all early days of the podcast, I would spend hours it's on an true. episode it's true. editing out every little breath editing out every little imperfection I'd be like, babe nobody cares that much and and we used to have even longer episodes we were like hour-long episode of audio and i'm like oh, i gotta go so glad those days are behind us <laughs> we've learned we've grown we've matured um it's probably still tighten it up a little bit but we're, we're working on that y'all we're working but i would be overly critical and i would mm-hmm. be lacking grace for myself in that area mm-hmm. um and it was um yeah it, it's it's pretty stressful anxiety inducing mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's only done by myself. Like I'm putting myself through that. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's- well, there's grace and humility in that though, because the grace is that most of those episodes were not listened to by very many people. Y'all didn't listen to them. Or people know. who would have an ear for those <laughs> things at least. And the humility in that is that same thing. It's like yeah. not even that many people are listening to this man, like calm down. But it wasn't even about them. It was about me. I wanted, if anyone listened to it, the last thing I wanted someone to say is like, yeah, it sounded like hot garbage. <laughs> Like, were you guys talking through two cups that were tied together with, with string? Like, how did the audio come out that bad? And um, one of the things that I had to guard my heart against was the, the arrogance or the pride or feeding into that perfectionism whenever someone was like, hey, your, your podcast, the audio quality is really good. And I wouldn't even care if they heard the message, which how telling is that? We're talking about Jesus here. I'm trying to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're like, man, the audio quality is really good. I'm like, <laughs> word. <laughs> you know it was pretty good right did y'all didn't listen to the whole thing you didn't oh, get the you message know, five minutes okay cool. okay sweet the whole chapter in there you talked missed. about jesus and stuff but that's cool yeah. it sounded good well and i think it's a good point that you're making like thank you how <laughs> what we value will will impact the degree of our perfectionism yeah um and I, and I say our meaning like i i truly believe everyone in some way battles this even the you know the most humble saints that we know Moses. Um, in some ways will battle this temptation to make themselves perfect, to mm. present themselves as flawless, as hey. impeccable. Um, With Moses, he wore the veil. Come on. So if you don't know the story, really did. Moses went up the, the mountain to see God. And he, when he came down, he was glowing. And then he would cover his face with a veil because he was afraid that people would see the glow fade away. So even oh, Moses. Oh, and it did. It oh, did fade. Oh, it did. 
They did. A little bit of faith. Moses, the most humble man who ever lived, or however he worded, I forgot the precise wording uh, in the book that he wrote. He's like, Moses, super humble, really cool dude, tall, handsome, (laughs) quite (laughs) lots of friends. Everybody loved this guy. Quite a cooker. (laughs) A great eye for art. (laughs) Moses, are are we talking about Jesus here? Is it? Hold on, the, hold the on. Living Chapter's God. almost Are done. You actually, hold on, we'll get we'll get to the anointed one. Don't worry. I, oh, speaking of which, also anointed by God. <laughs> <laughs> when no shade on Moses, solid dude, love the guy, love his work. Uh, but I mean that that is a human thing. It's yes. like another thing that I noticed in myself with um, this perfectionism, and it's I think Moses reveals that with, mm-hmm. with the whole veil thing is like the more, the closer I would get to God, the more I would see him like growing me in certain areas and like giving me this confidence in him. Yeah. The more susceptible I was to perfectionism, the more I would be like finding those areas, like where where God would redeem and refine me in one area. Mm -hmm. I would find like another area where I was like, oh shoot, people are going to see that that's messed up. I bet it, because it's like, yeah, it's it's the veil thing. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm glowing in a sense in the, in the spirit. And I'm like, having this growth. And I remember even like having the flip side at one point of perfectionism, which was, I don't care what anyone thinks Yes, in an unhealthy way where I was like, just really just not in a happy place in my heart or my mind. And so even though I was walking with Jesus and I was like, yeah, God is my number one. I only care what he thinks. I would be like, I only care what he thinks. So don't tell me what you think. (laughs) I don't care what you think. But then I got like hypersensitive Mm-hmm. eventually when God started working on my heart and like softening those areas to where I was like super, super sensitive of what people would think of certain things. And so I don't know what that, like how everyone else goes through that, but that's been kind of my maturing that God has been doing and pruning away some things. But I still find that like when I'm like in it with the Lord and we're like just having this like intimacy and it's like amazing where he's showing me things in my heart then I still feel that need to like cover things up yeah. in other areas. Well, and, and that's a natural part of just being, right? It's, it's a natural part of, of so one of the, the cool things about human nature and just the natural law in general is everything reflects the glory of God. And so part of natural law is when one thing is highlighted, the, the contrary is also exposed. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you see light, you understand and appreciate shadow. When you see uh, smooth, you understand and appreciate roughness. Like, when you have a counter lever, one thing goes up, the other thing goes down. Y'all get it. I have all these examples. I can continue. No, no, do more physics. <laughs> <laughs> you want to like illustrate it right here? I can us? draw. I got coffee. So when I pour the coffee, <laughs> anyway. Um, and so it just makes sense that whenever we start to uh, see God smoothing out an area of our life, we start to notice the divots in the mm. other and the, the recesses and the lack when we're, we're full up in one area. But um, there is an answer to that, a gospel mm. answer to that. But um, if you know anybody that, that struggles with this, if you yourself struggle with this and you've had this conversation with other people, uh, or maybe you want to have this conversation with other people, please share this episode yes. with someone yes. so that they can um, join in the conversation with you to discuss uh, God's answer for mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the issue with that, um, with seeing the flaw, what that exposes is that, the goal of perfectionism is a mirage. Mm. Like the goal of anything perfect is, is, is phony. Yeah. Um, a, apart from God, right. Yeah. Apart from the perfect love that is found only in Christ and apart from living in um, a communion with God, mm-hmm. anything other than that, it can't be perfect. Right. 
Uh, and I, I think that as we get closer to perfection, as we get closer to <laughs> perfection, right? Quote unquote, as we get closer to being <clears throat> good at something, it doesn't even matter what it is. You start to understand how bad you actually are at it. Mm. And, um, C.S. Lewis has a quote. He says, uh, nobody understands how bad they are until they've tried to be good. Um, truth. And so like truth. only a really good person and good quote unquote, right. By, by social standards understands how really flawed they are. People who don't think they're flawed at all, probably really bad people. Like, to be honest, like you're, you're probably super flawed. You're probably someone I wouldn't want to be around. If you think that you don't need repentance, that you don't need, mm. um, um, any sort of turning, any sort of transformation of your heart. If you think mm-hmm. you're good where you are, eh, probably you're probably not. You're probably yeah. further away from yeah. um, where you need to be. It's the the whole publican and the mm-hmm. the uh, Pharisee. Yeah, type thank of. you God that I'm not like other people. Exactly. Versus, God have mercy on me. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, I think that image of perfection, mm-hmm. um, knowing that that's a mirage, mm-hmm. it it brings anxiety but it should bring comfort yeah yeah because if you place your your hope in attaining the image then you're gonna you're gonna reap anxiety yeah like if you're planting your hope there yeah and you're going to to um reap yeah mm-hmm. planting and reaping yeah That's and i think thing. it's important to remember like this um we talked about at the very beginning in the intro this lie i mean th- these are lies that these yeah. things we tell ourselves like okay well eventually i'll arrive at this level where i'm finally perfect and everyone will see it and i'll have my day and everyone will be like i knew they were perfect i just knew one Yay! day um or you know um the the fear of like you, you can't try anything new because if you do then everyone's gonna see that you really suck at it and you mm-hmm. just don't like that closeted perfectionism like yeah um these these are lies that somewhere along the line in our narrative of who we are and who god is these creep in and it's nothing new. It's not like anything that we um, like, there's nothing new under the sun. That's right. Um, but I love how you talked about that image of, or really the mirage mm-hmm. of perfectionism, because it is like, we start to chase after it. And it's like when you're um, I love in Ecclesiastes, he talks about um, Hevel mm-hmm. and, you know, chasing after wind. I think that's what we end up doing when we're so fixed on being seen as perfect because that perfectionism really depends on, the acknowledgement of other people. Come on. We, I mean, if you have perfection yeah. and no one sees it, is it truly perfect? Like how, how can that be judged as perfect? How do you know? Um, but how do you know? Right. And so like, yeah. um, it's, it's just an interesting thing to, to notice like, well, this is a chasing after something that I'm, you're never going to get. Yeah. And the doctrine of Christian perfection is also, I think, I don't like the wording of it. Yeah. It's pretty, only pretty because, um, in our cultural context, perfection has to do with, action and doing and external things and what we see. Um, and we know that God sees so much more than just our outward actions. That's why Jesus so many times was like, uh, yeah, on the outside, you real clean Pharisees, but on the inside death, like he said it like that. Um, but like, I hope he actually said it like that, but like y'all clean, God sees beyond that perfect facade. And even a perfect facade isn't perfect because it only goes so and the closer you get to it you see the imperfection exactly and like the the perfect one that we know of in scripture jesus being perfect in thought in motivation in deed in um in love yeah he is the image that we are supposed to look to Mm -hmm. but what the enemy has done is is in crafting these lies and convincing us that they are worth chasing after now we have this image that isn't really an image that we begin chasing after and it may be an image of you doing something or being um, rewarded for something that's, it might not ever happen. 
or happen in the way that you are trying to attain it. Um, but you're chasing after it now, and now you've taken your eyes off of Jesus, which is when we know that Peter began to sink. That's right. Yeah, that's so good. And I like that you said the idea of um, needing validation from other people. Like you're, you're seeking someone else to acknowledge mm-hmm. your perfection. Cat Williams has an old uh, joke. Yeah, I watch Cat Williams comedy. The great theologian, <laughs> Cat Williams. Cat feline Williams. <laughs> um, no, but he had a joke uh, back in the 2000s about the spinning rims. You remember those? Mm, he was talking yep, about how yep. stupid it was to buy them. He's like, you have to look to other people to know if your rims are even spinning. <laughs> so you're looking at the dude catching the bus, waiting for him to validate that your rims are actually spinning True. while you're sitting. Like, so that's how this True. perfection thing, wow. thing works. And you may be seeking validation from someone who's not even alive anymore. Someone who could never even give you that validation. Or who's not in your life anymore. Right? And so you're, you're seeking some sort of standard that you've set, that you've accepted and internalized. Uh, that you'll never attain. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. 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 Well, we got to close this down because we could talk all day long about, well, I, my perfectionism is this. And what's your perfectionism? Like we, we could lick each other's wounds all day. Um, but the reality is we, we, <laughs> we actually know <laughs> the remedy to perfectionism. And it's not a remedy in, in terms of like, Hey, just do this and you'll be perfectly whole. Yeah. Like you'll, you, nothing will ever bother you again and you'll be able to meet all your deadlines on time and never procrastinate. No, it doesn't work like that. Um, but we do know that the, the answer to this perfectionism Come on. What is lies it? in who, who, from whom you're seeking um, validation. Whom? I had to use proper grammar for that one. Who you? From whom you seek your validation. Yeah, and for good. the Christian, it's, it should be Jesus. And only Jesus. And Jesus alone. That's right. And Christ alone. Um, Mm. and honestly, like, I think it takes a lot of learning that, like, we know this, we know it from Sunday school. We know it because preachers should be preaching that like seek Jesus every Sunday. Your, your pastor should be encouraging you, um, to, to seek Jesus, um, and his face. But I have found that a great teacher of, for this lesson is rejection Mm. from other people. So good. People who I thought were in my corner or people Mm -hmm. who I looked to as those validators yeah, um, and experiencing that rejection from them um, and living through it. Yes. And, and realizing that, Oh my goodness, my life didn't end because this person rejected me. Yeah. Um, and why didn't it end? And Lord, what? Oh wow. Jesus, like running back to him through those moments of rejection and failure. That's what has taught me um, that he is the one from whom I should be seeking validation. Mm, that's so good. I think um, part of that answer that can get confusing. You had mentioned the doctrine of Christian perfection and part of the answer being Jesus that can be confusing is it, I believe it's in Matthew in the sermon on the Mount where Jesus says, be perfect for I am perfect or be mm-hmm. perfect as the Lord is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been taken to mean um, if you cannot be perfect indeed in the things that you do, um, then don't try or then you're a sinner, then you failed then you're not really walking in the Lord, uh, which leads people then to set some standard of doing mm-hmm. that they can't meet. So then they have mm-hmm. to lower the standard and then justify why the standard's lower. And then a lot of nobody's lot, perfect, a lot of flawed um, logic in this whole mm-hmm. situation. Um, but what we need to understand is Christ gives us through the power, power of his Holy spirit, the ability to be perfect in love and perfected yes. by love. Exactly. Um, that doesn't mean that you're going to do things perfectly. That means that you're going to say yes whenever Jesus calls. Mm. Even those times when, when you may wander, you're going to, your heart's still going to cry out for that longing of, of being in his presence. Mm-hmm. Um, repentance is going to be part of your natural ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. Your, that, that relationship is going to be there. 
Um, and it is a perfect love that casts out fear, the fear of rejection, the fear of um, not meeting a standard, the fear of failure. Mm -hmm. It is only in Christ that we find those. And so we, we have to understand that we're not seeking perfection. Indeed, uh, that doesn't mean you just go out and sin, right? That's not, we're not pulling that whole anti-theology of like, well, might as well sin. It makes God's grace Nobody's greater. perfect. Right? He's going to forgive me anyway. You might as well sin. No. Um, and when you do sin, when you do fall short, I, like I said, uh, repentance is part of your ebb and flow, but you also have to be uh, in confession, not in mm. the sense of Roman Catholic uh, confession where you go mm -hmm. to a priest, that's your thing, whatever. But I'm talking about saying the same. Yeah. Just looking at your life and agreeing with God yeah. in the good and the bad. Yeah. Because I think we, we confess the bad or we're, mm, we're taught we to confess the bad. Yeah. But we don't always confess the good. Yeah. Of like, you know what? In Christ, I am made whole. Yeah, that's good. I think, yeah, that's a really important part of confessing what is good. And that can lead us deeper in our worship. Because when you start to point out, and I love there's an exercise from um, James Brian Smith's book series, The Good and the Beautiful. Is it push-ups? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's an exercise <laughs> in it where... Um, you are supposed to write down things you're grateful for, things mm -hmm. that you see throughout that week that are beautiful or that are good. And I think it's not just that, you know, that gratitude exercise of like, I am thankful for, and you just make a list of random things, but truly saying, you know what, every now and then I have to remind myself that at one point I was told that I had uh, multiple blood clots in my lungs mm -hmm. and that they had no idea where they came from. And they couldn't guarantee I wouldn't get more. And I was, ha I had to be in the hospital and then one day the doctor came in and said, um, the blood clots are gone and there's no scar tissue. And come on, only, I, only I guess, God. I guess we're going to discharge you. I have to remind myself sometimes like I have, I have escaped death Yeah, that God has spared my life, that God has given me opportunities to see things that, um, statistically shouldn't have happened. Yes. And there's, those are the things that we have to confess and we have to preach to ourselves our own testimony of what God has done. And so we need those moments of confession. Yes. Um, and it doesn't always, here's the thing. Like I love when, when Jesus also says like, when you pray, mm -hmm. you don't need to go out. And when you fast, you don't need to go out and show everybody. I think for perfectionists, we have to resist that temptation to go immediately to Facebook, you know, the mm -hmm. go to the marketplace and start saying all the things. Oh, man, I'm so thankful that God has just done this stuff because da, 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 or, or to be beating our chest in front of everyone. Cause if we, for, if we, really want to remember that story correctly of the, the publican and the tax collector. Mm -hmm. It didn't say that he went out in public and did this. He was like off to the side, like, Oh God, have mercy on me. Like I messed up. Like, yeah, I need you. And so in these times of confession, in these times of like going to God and asking him to move in our hearts and to um, remove this, remove the blinders from our eyes. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to make it a public thing. And in fact, I think more often those private victories um, give us fuel to yeah. deal with things in the public that we're going to need to. That's so good. Um, so yeah. So I uh, just know that um, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Mm. That's, that's been used and used and used, but uh, it's my prayer that if you're listening to this, if you're watching this right now, that you will come to understand that in your heart. Yeah. You will come to understand that you don't have to make up for your weakness, mm -hmm. that you cannot atone enough that you will be accepted um, on your own. All you have to do truly is, is cover yourself in the blood of the lamb. And, yeah. and we saw in Genesis how Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves after that 
after they um, after they sinned, right? Yeah. And they went and they found something to to cover their nakedness, uh, something that wouldn't suffice. And God didn't um, scold them for that. He simply covered them. Yeah. And so we see that God has enough grace and enough love to cover us, even in our nakedness, even in our um, shortcomings, even in our flawed areas. And by his covering our weakness, we are actually made stronger in him. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the perfectionism, the fear of falling short, the fear of failure, um, own that, surrender it, and allow God to cover that in his grace. Well, this has been the Nick Smith Podcast. We hope this episode has connected you to living truth. Be, Be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.